Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. We have been in the zone with our series, Apostolic Solutions. It is a result-oriented gospel. The gospel of the kingdom is a result-oriented gospel, and we've been talking about the ministry of the apostle, the ministry of the apostolic, and and I, I could almost say that apostolic execution, the doers in the body are able to answer many of the problems we've seen in the overemphasis of the prophetic, where we've become so fat in revelation, inspiration, vision, dream, all of that is good. We believe in all of that. But for us to effectively bring the kingdom of God to earth, to situations, to society, we need to have both. We need to be able to translate what God has said, the mind of Christ pertaining an issue and be able to walk it out and it, it let me tell you it comes down to real practical stuff for and often it comes down to a local church level being able to walk out and and do what the inspiration of the spirit has said and so we've been talking about the apostolic and what that means regarding bringing the kingdom of God to society. And I want to jump right into the ministry of the apostolic now. And I said in our previous episodes, there's been no shortage of kingdom theorists with books and teachings and instruction. and, And it's almost become this kind of nebulous topic that we talk about and debate and pull apart. But the function of the apostle, the function of the apostolic, is a sign and wonder. It is a mystery. We talked about the profound struggle of the apostle and the need for that divine grace, that it's a grace that rests on a man or woman that God is using to bring about the obedience of faith to the Gentiles. And I want to preface our episode here today by reading that again to you from Romans chapter 1, Verses 4 and 5, it says, Who was declared the Son of God? And by the way, I'm going to have a hard time going down this road today without knowing that I told you to go back and listen to (laughs) the first episode, second, so you're caught up to this point. Who was declared the Son of God with power? We talked about power, uh, the grace of God being the supernature, the supernatural power of God in and through the human being with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. We talked about the the apostle and apostolic ministry needing to carry around. You literally see this in apostles' lives. They carry both weakness and profound godly strength. They carry both crucifixion and resurrection in one body. Why? It makes it so clear when God says to To Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. So the thorns in his side that he wanted God to relieve him from actually were the vehicle by which he qualified himself in weakness to access God's strength. In short, you cannot do the true work of an apostle or apostolic ministry without it being divine power. 
Anything other than that, you're dealing with human tools, fleshly tools, carnality. We get into the, the business cards, the hierarchical structures, even the abuses and, and all of that as we venture to try to attain to some height that we call apostleship in the flesh. But no, it is a grace given by our chief apostle, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is, uh, it is carrying around in the body both the crucifixion, crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord. So, Jesus Christ our Lord, and here it is, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of the faith among all the Gentiles. So it has a purpose. Both grace and apostleship working together is able to bring about the obedience of nations and fulfill the mandate of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is, this is just huge. So when we talk about grace and apostleship, I already highlighted the painful process, the betrayal that accompanies the qualification for such a grace. We talked about what apostleship is. We talked about the building of a person and people, the building of churches, the building of society, establishing those things. I want to highlight again that we didn't limit the ministry of the apostle to building churches. Some apostles haven't built a church, but they've built the church up. They have gone and brought the kingdom into different sectors of society. We just don't limit such a wonderful uh, uh, grace of God to somebody who's planted churches because we see even Jesus, the chief apostle, established the church but didn't go around planting churches. But nothing wrong with those who do. That's part of some apostolic expressions. Now, when we talk about encounters with the Lord Jesus Christ, this part's really important. We said in our previous episode that many apostles will say, and they'll, they'll tell stories of having encounters with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we've gotten a bit dy- uh, dogmatic in the body of Christ to where there are times where we will say, you're not a true apostle unless you have seen the Lord Jesus in the flesh. And we, we say this kind of stuff and throw it around trying to, to fit it into our, our theoretical box. But I have found that many apostles who are true apostles do have stories of encountering the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have stories this way where I've had an, a, a profound encounter with the person of Jesus and I can count it on less than a whole hand those amount of times. And they were awesome and, and epic and scary. Uh, but not all apostles have had those encounters, though they are still true apostles. So we don't have to limit it and box it in that way. That's something that you'll want to work through. But that's one thing I have noticed. Now, when it comes to our History Makers Academy, we have a three-day training called the History Makers Experience. Many of our graduates who come through that training actually have encounters with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a, there's a certain kind of training and equipping that goes on in there. It's not just a series of seminars and workshops or preaches. Uh, we, we don't have kind of the conference-style worship band and all of that, but it's actually a specially choreographed spirit-filled environment designed to bring people to the end of their own ability. We actually teach them 
and facilitate an environment, giving them a chance to try to not do ministry in their own strength, <laughs> to be able to set their own abilities aside and tap into that grace, that apostleship that comes from Jesus. Now, you can probably try to picture what that would look like in a training setting. And the Lord was gracious in giving us this gift. And we've seen graduates go on to do extraordinary things after the training. Sometimes we think that people just need to be preached at, or they just need to be coached or trained or something. And all of that helps. But facilitating environments for people to, to step out of the flesh and into encounters with Jesus is really where the secret sauce is. And God will put a grace on that person. And we have stories of people who have encountered the Lord Jesus through this training. It's why we call it the, you know, the ultimate apostolic machine or result-oriented machine, is because there's the before and after and the results that come after experiencing such a training. One of the things we do at a certain point uh, in our History Makers Experience training is we facilitate what we call the meeting with Jesus. Now, these people are Christian who, who are taking this training, and uh, we're introducing them, we're reintroducing them to Jesus at a certain point in the training. They've been equipped, they've got tools, they've heard things they've never heard before, they've had revelation, they've been practicing uh, accomplishing things in through supernatural power, they're getting used to, to grace resting on them right there in the training. And we bring them to a point where they have an encounter with Jesus and they leave the training with the apostolic grace I'm talking about. Apostolic ministry just cannot be done. It certainly cannot realize and experience the profound effects that we see in the book of Acts unless it comes from the Lord Jesus Christ carrying both this crucifixion and resurrection within us. And so we, brought, we would bring people in, in this training to the end of their own ability, and they would step into God's ability. And then we introduce them to an encounter with the Lord Jesus. In the Meeting with Jesus meetings, we don't have a worship team. We don't have any sound, sound smoke, and lights. Uh, there's nothing that you would say that would be so epic about it from the outside looking in. But we walk them through something. We pray for them. And, and I exhort them to some degree. And there's a few special things that we do in there related to even video. And they, we set them up for an encounter, a re-encounter with Jesus. But I'll tell you something. Even without that process, whenever we start that workshop, Within the first five minutes, you begin to see people reaching for the Kleenex. You begin to see people weeping. Sometimes there'll be deliverance where somebody has had, had demonic oppression or even possession driven right out of them in that moment as the presence of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ walks into the room. And I've done this training all over the world over a period of seven to eight years now, I believe it is. And every time when we host the meeting with Jesus, they've got their tools, they've got their strategies, they're equipped beyond what they have ever experienced before. And now they're stepping into the place of death and resurrection. And we walk them through a process of laying down the idols and stuff in their lives and mindsets and things that 
could be holding them back. And as they encounter Jesus, they don't always know even what's happening to them, but they're weeping and they're responding to the call of God. And they're saying, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. They're surrendering things. They're saying, here I am, use me, send me. And you might even be watching or listening to this and saying, yeah, yeah, we, we do that at this conference. or, And I get all that. But there's something very unique about what takes place here, especially after the revelation that they've walked through. And without getting too much into it, we see people leave that training with a fresh apostolic grace. Remember what Romans said. We've been given both grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith uh, to the Gentiles. And we'll see when they go to do ministry after the training, the results are night and day different from before the training. You know, we're so good at building churches after our own personalities. We have our own ways and gimmicks and strategies we use, not throwing strategy out out the window. But we've gotten so good, especially in a North American context, where there's less pressure, persecution, all that stuff. We've gotten so good at doing church without grace, without that anointing, without a reliance and dependency on him, without weakness. We've just become so strong in some of the things that we do. We disqualify ourselves for the supernature of God to be functioning in our churches. And what happens when we do that is we fail to equip the sheep, the laborers who are to do the work of the ministry out there. For us as pastors and apostles or apostolic leaders, uh, we're to equip the saints to go and do the work of the ministry because 98% of their week, they're out there. 2% or even less, they're in the church. So their ministry is out there. We're to equip them and send them. How can we send them with any apostolic grace or, or signs and wonders and power following with them if we ourselves are building our churches and doing ministry in our own abilities and using every gimmick under the sun to do the antithesis of the kingdom, which is try to just get people to come to my church. We, we obsess over numbers and we miss the whole thing that the revival is happening out there right now. And for those who want to be a part of it, we must be equipped and sent and go into the harvest, where the harvest is. And so we would have graduates come out of this training. I I know one woman, Marguerite McLeod, fantastic story of how she got the tools and the download during the training of how to engage with the situation in the education system. And the Lord spoke a profound wisdom to her about not fighting the school system in this area, but to equip parents of children with a particular family curriculum that helps educate and equip their children, sending them into the school system as light in darkness, as salt and light in the world. And she created this curriculum, and within six months, After this particular training, our History Makers experience, that curriculum was in over 36 nations. And and by now, I don't even know what the statistics would be. That's one story. And we have many other stories of of the supernatural grace, apostolic grace that comes upon people when they're trained effectively. And one in particular I also want to share, a man who was borderline illiterate. He said he was illiterate, but... You know, I'll just say he was borderline illiterate. He could read something. 
and he came into that training. And as that apostolic grace began to flow, under pressure and through the, the spirit-filled choreography that that training facilitates, he actually was able to begin to read and write right there on site. And right there in your minds, you might have just gotten in touch with a little bit of our religiosity that we carry. You say, well, I can believe for a knee healing or my arthritis disappeared, but somebody beginning to read and write, can God do that kind of miracle? <laughs> I won't even answer that. Of course he can. Of course he can. And this man began to read and write right there on site because Jesus can read and write. And as it is in heaven, began to come down into that room. And they can read and write in heaven, I'm sure. <laughs> Any disadvantage that he had began to be melted away by this grace that God put upon him. And when he left the training, he went and he planted a church. And he got involved in government in his particular region. And there was an apostolic grace on him to be sent out of the training and into society, bringing about the obedience of faith among the Gentiles. Do you see how this thing works? You have an encounter with Jesus, you're properly trained and equipped, and whether you're sent forth from your local church or you're sent from one of these trainings that God is raising up around the world to equip his body, you can go out and actually begin to see apostolic results. Apostolic results, sent one's results, the book of Acts results can only happen through both grace and apostleship. We need that grace to do the work of the ministry. And I, I, I get concerned for the next generation as they're emerging and learning and being schooled in every other way to do ministry other than encountering the Lord Jesus Christ, other than the prayer and fasting and the embracing of all that God allows to come upon you to form the crucified life, the crucifixion and resurrection in one person. And we must pray for the next generation as they emerge and as they look for how do we do ministry effectively. With this History Makers experience, we had story after story after story of people who began to see immediate results. And some people can tend to think, well, it's something you're doing, and some of the tools you're using in this three-day training. There is that aspect of it. We believe in the wineskin. But there's also the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the grace that comes from our chief apostle. That as these, these leaders are prepared and brought to a place of weakness, forsaking their own abilities and saying, God, teach me how to walk in your divine power. There's something that's activated there. We begin to embrace trials and tribulations and view life from a different perspective. That we carry around a weakness that allows the strength of God to be perfected in us. I believe that it's time for the North American church to make the shift again and to seek the face of God, to embrace the power of God and the grace and apostleship that brings about the obedience of faith among the Gentiles. God bless you. Coming up next week, the pulpit-driven model hasn't got us there as far as fulfilling the Great Commission. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. 
you liked what you heard, visit historymakersacademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV. 